I mean, when this first started happening, I remember I pulled my rear view mirror, mirror down. I was at a stoplight and I was like, you are doing this. <laughs> Love I said, it. there's all these people that probably want you to fail. Yeah. But you are going to do this yeah. and you are not going to fail because it's not an option right now. Yeah. I won first place. The first year I competed, you would have thought I won a awesome. million dollars. <laughs> um, I won this huge trophy. I mean, it was, it was obscene how big it was. And I was walking around the Highland Games, which is like a renaissance festival. And people are saying, what did you do? Did you throw a caber? Or did, which is the big telephone poles. Did uh, you hurl uh, haggis uh, or yeah. do the boulder boogie? And I said, uh, no, I won the shortbread short competition. <laughs> but you have got to hustle. If you want... If you want something to happen, there aren't people doing it for you. Right. I didn't have just right. news people knocking on my door. I literally wrote the story for them and said, hey, will yeah. you do this? I mean, yeah. there's no one that's going to want this more than yourself when you're a business owner. Another thing I learned in the Marine Corps is, I mean, it is mental. Yeah. It's mental, mental. I mean, was Marine Corps physic- boot camp physically exhausting and crazy? Yes. But it was probably 80, 80% mental mm. of telling yourself that you couldn't do something. Mm. I cannot climb that rope. There's no way I can climb that rope. Mm-hmm. And then you have a drill instructor going, oh, you're going to climb that <laughs> rope. Dade City is so unique and special because it is this small sense of community, but people genuinely want to help you. Welcome to the Art of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds how they built their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. Today, I'm joined with Miss Mary Catherine Mason. She's the owner of Lanky Lassie's Shortbread. They're located at 37845 Meridian Avenue in Dade City, Florida. You can also find them at llshortbread.com. Mary Catherine is a mother. She's a veteran. She's a business owner. She's a college graduate. Really, she's an inspiration for any aspiring entrepreneur. She's a real go-getter. We talk about her upbringing, what she was like as a child, her time served in the military, how she got the idea for the shortbread business, how she uses social media to advertise for her business, and how she doesn't just sit around and wait for things to happen. She's out there putting her products and her services in front of as many people as possible. She's initiating the conversations with the different local media outlets instead of just waiting for them to come to her. I really enjoyed my conversation with her. She's really an impressive person. I learned a lot from the conversation and I think you will too. Miss Mary Catherine. Thanks a lot for being here. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Now, I've seen a lot of the interviews that you've done with ABC. And and just correct me anywhere here if I'm wrong. So you've talked about your background being in the hospitality industry, and you were supplying interior design and doing the procurements for hotels, for new hotels being built, or I guess existing hotels that were being renovated. So meanwhile, though, in the background, you were building your shortbread business. Now, albeit a side business at the time, but you were still building a business. You were building the brand and creating the product and uh, a following. And I assume at least uh, at a rudimentary level, uh, some system for production and, and distribution, right? Then in 2020, all the craziness happens and you get furloughed. 
um, which led to you taking your shortbread business from a side hustle to a full-time gig. You now have your physical store in Dade City, and you have a well-enough-established brand that you're able to sell your product nationwide on your own website, llshortbread.com. This is all completely fascinating to me how you've been able to go from that part-time gig to a full-time gig, and we're going to dive into all of it. But um, before we just jump into any of that, I've, I've got to ask you, were you, are you a barbershop quartet singer? Uh, yeah, I am a barbershop singer, and I am in a quartet and <laughs> yeah. a chorus, so yes, it's you've done your homework very well. <laughs> Sweet Adeline's Quartet, right? Uh, so the Sweet Adeline's is the name of the organization, and then okay. my quartet name is Speakeasy. Gotcha. Yes. So are you the lead? Are yes. you the you're, you're the lead? I'm the lead singer. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you can sing. <laughs> right on. Okay. So what's the history with that? How did you get started um, with that? Um so I'm a brat, meaning my dad, my grandparents, they all sang barbershop. And oh, really? I grew okay. up going to these regional and international competitions as a child with my dad and I hated going to them and I'm like why are we going you know to these competitions for the fourth of July every year well then apparently I didn't hate them and um I when I moved to South Tampa after graduating college I found out my dad's old director was the director of the Toast of Tampa which was the show chorus in Tampa okay and I said well I think it'd be fun to have a hobby. So yeah. I started doing that and that's how I got into it. Okay. And um, then decided that um, we would start a quartet as well. Now we haven't sang for a little bit with COVID, yeah, but yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, and I also understand that you're a, you're a Florida native. I mean, yes. you're, you're one of the few, uh, I mean, you actually, you graduated from Zephyr Hills in 2000, Zephyr Hills High in mm -hmm. 2001. Is that yeah, right? Correct. So talk, so what was your upbringing like? What, what was your family like what was your mom and dad or, or are you an only child what were you like as a kid I mean give us the history of Miss Mary uh, Catherine so I was born in Dade City my parents moved from Indiana to Dade City in um, I think 1969 Dr. Smalley who's a local veterinarian here hired my dad right out of college um, and then my mom followed and um, they they had a family um, in Dade City and then um it was my dad's children he had with the previous marriage. So my mom wanted to start having a family of her own. Sure. And so they started doing that. And then my dad um, wanted to have his own clinic. So he bought a clinic in Zephyr Hills. So when I was born, we all moved to Zephyr Hills, the, the younger children. So I was raised in Zephyr Hills my whole life. Um, came from a pretty well-rounded family of, you know, my dad was a farmer growing up and um, then decided he wanted, he was the only child of five to go to college. So he went to mm, Purdue. Mm. Um, but he also sang and, you know, would build things and was a doctor. So I had, I had a very good role model there. My mother um, is a speech language and hearing pathologist. So she uh -huh. worked in the school system. She had her own private practice. Mm. Um, but I was very heavily involved in um, dance when I was young and then sports when okay. I got older. Sure. So, basketball was my life um swimming I threw discus and track um wow, okay. played a little bit okay. of volleyball yeah and so um athletics was really my main focus um I was the class clown I was you know <laughs> six foot tall and um just kind of made jokes about everything and um yeah. 
you know, got most spirited in high school, kind of a wild person. Nice. Um, I'm the baby of five, so we have to make ourselves known or we'll get forgotten type thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I um, went to college at USF yep. and um, went there and I was kind of bored. Um, now, September 11th happened my freshman year, which was huge for everyone. Sure. Um, so with, when that happened, um, I have two brothers and a brother-in-law and a whole bunch of friends that joined the Marine Corps. Mm. And um, after September 11th happened, just something, you know, sparked inside of me where I said, I just think I need to join. So one, I don't regret it. Two, I want to serve my country and make a difference. So sure. um, I did that whole year of school. And um, in May of 02, I just left and joined the Marine Corps, but I was smart. I joined the reserves. Okay. So I could come back to school <laughs> and do that. And um, so I joined in May, came home in December, and got sent straight to Iraq in 2003. So that's why I said I was smart. Because <laughs> apparently the reservists are the first to go. Gotcha. I thought yeah. they were the reservists. So, um, yeah. So then I got sent to Iraq. And, um, sure. I'm not sure how much detail you want of yeah. all that, but yeah, um, well, as much as you want to give. I mean, I, you know, uh, well, so I, I went there. Pry, I was a but... truck driver. Um, I drove um, 5,000 gallon fuel tankers or LVS vehicles, which are logistic vehicle systems. They're 22 and a half ton trucks. We were general support, so I supplied fuel and water, um, and we were there. We left in January of '03, and okay. so um, we. The war hadn't started yet, so we lived in a camp in Kuwait, Camp Coyote. Okay. So we hung out there and supplied water to other camps and stuff like that and fuel uh, until the war started. Sure, so sure. So on March 23rd, uh, we all breached north going into Baghdad. Right. And then um, March 25th, I mean, it wasn't that long after the war had started, uh, there was some pretty severe sandstorms and... Uh, my convoy was in charge of resupplying infantrymen or grunts um, at the Battle of Nazaria. So okay. um, we were in a convoy of troops. And I mean, they were, uh, there's so many vehicles. I mean, like hundreds and hundreds of vehicles just driving in the middle of the desert. And uh, there was an ambush the night before with an army maintenance group. That was mm. the whole Jessica Lynch situation. So, of course, we didn't know. Who anyone was or what happened we just knew that something happened and they got ambushed so right. that was right where we had pulled in at night so it was pretty chaotic there was the battle of the sure. happening um and then the sandstorm i mean it was like hurricane winds with sand right so the next morning when i was refueling all these grunts um I got thrown off the top of the truck that I was refueling, like shattered my ankle. Oh my god! And eventually made it back to the United States right. first through Germany, and then to the U.S. Sure. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Geez. All right. So, so again, I have here. So then, in 2002, uh, you did you served your country for six years while simultaneously you earned your degree in USF for advertising and mass communications. Yeah. And then after college is when you started working in hospitality, I believe for Meridian companies. Yeah. So this is my uncle's company and okay. um, he hired me right out of school to be a sales rep for him. Okay. Now, did you have a sales background at that point? So um, in advertising school, I took a lot of um, focusing classes on sales. So that was okay. probably where I really wanted to go. Yeah. I didn't know if it was, I didn't think about hospitality sales, but 
it was convenient. And sure. you know, when I started looking for a job, I'm like, they all want experience. And I don't have any. I was a waitress. Like that's yeah. my sales experience. So yeah. um, he hired me right out of college and I jumped into the hotel and industry. so what was it like? So selling interior design and I mean, that seems interesting. So, in and of itself. Yeah. So his company, the Meridian companies, uh, we sold tons of different interior, uh, products for hotels. So, okay. uh, like custom hand tufted area rugs. I did a lot of work with Disney and Marriott, mm. um, granite countertops, quartz, cabinetry, mosaics, uh, shower surrounds. I mean, a lot of, a lot of items that you see in hotels. Wow, so okay. I started doing that and, um, I moved to Orlando, uh, in 2009. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I worked in conjunction with Meridian companies with a company called, um, ISG, which is insulation service group. So they installed all the furniture. So I was working mm. with them together, but they told me I needed to move to Orlando. So I lived there for, um, 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I ended up moving to another company in 2018, uh, called Envision Hospitality Design. And they offered a turnkey, um, package for hotel owners. So we would do the interior design. We would procure all of the finishes or the mm. FF and E furniture fixtures and equipment. Gotcha. Um, and then we could also install it. So, sure. um, okay. with that job, I was able to move back to, um, well, Date City is where I ended up moving. Yeah. Um, my mother lives here and a lot of friends. So sure. with two small children, my yeah. husband and I thought it'd be a great idea to move to Small Town USA in 2019. Sure. sure. Awesome. Okay. So so and now your website says that <clears throat> uh Lanky Lassie Shortbread was born in 2011. And so yes. as I understand it, uh and again, just correct me if I'm wrong. So, uh, so you had what you had samples of your shortbread that you would give away as gifts at parties and different events. And then you had such an overwhelming response to it that you entered it into the 2011 Scottish Highland Games in Central Florida. Yes. And you brought home the gold medal. I did. <laughs> which ultimately, I guess, led to you registering the yeah. business. So, so talk, talk about that. Talk about the inception of mm-hmm. the business. What, sure. what was that all about? Um, so traditionally, shortbread is made for Christmas uh, or special occasions like weddings. My mother always made shortbread for Christmas. So... I was just used to that. So I would make shortbread for my hotel owners for Christmas. One of my coworkers um, in 2009, when I first moved there, said, this is the best shortbread I've ever had. Did you know there's a Scottish Highland Games shortbread competition? And I said, no. (laughs) And she's like, it's right here in Winter Springs. You should totally enter this. So that was 2009. I was in my, you know, 20s. So sacrificing a Saturday night was very difficult for me in those days. So I didn't quite make the competition until 2011. (laughs) And even in that year, I was the 31st out of 32 contenders to enter. So I kind of made it in by the skin of my teeth. But um, it was really fun. My, my mom was there whose grandmother's recipe it is. And, um, my, my aunt Pat Murray, who is married to my grandpa's brother. So she had this Scottish connection of our family and the shortbread. And uh, my best friend Amanda was there and I made it in and I won first place. The first year I competed, you would have thought I won a million dollars. I won this huge trophy. I mean, it was 
it was obscene how big it was. And I was walking around the Highland Games, which is like a renaissance festival. And people are saying, what did you do? Did you throw a caber? Or did, which is the big telephone poles. Did you uh, hurl haggis uh, well, or yeah. do the boulder boogie? And I said, uh, no, I won the shortbread, the shortbread. competition. <laughs> and so many people said, you're so tall though. And you make shortbread. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. So I started just like brainstorming and, you know, brains were wrinkling and, you know, I was just like, I have got to do something with this. So I I came back home and I was talking to my roommate. I was like, I have to come up with a company name for this. So we, I pulled out my little word webs like I used to do in advertising school. And, yep. you know, we we figured it all out. And so Lanky Lassie's shortbread. And then the slogan Love is it. long leg shortbread was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I became infatuated and obsessed with this, just like all I was thinking about. And, you know, I had a friend that I grew up with who drew caricatures at Bush Gardens. I'm like, can you draw a kilt on these legs. Like I looked up clip art. I got these legs. I'm like, can you do a a kilt and green and pink and this and that? And so we came up with the logo and, um, it was, I mean, it was small. It was word of mouth. It was doing a baby shower here, um, doing a party here. And then my roommate was getting married and she said, can you do my wedding? I would like to do little, um, like the little gifts for the wedding. I need, 170 of them or something. Right. I was like, oh yeah, totally. We can absolutely do that, you know, without yeah. knowing what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And so that really kick-started the whole wedding thing. Um, and the one that really was the big kicker was I did a Scottish wedding. And um, there was a lot of those cookies. So I, I imported these chocolate molds from England. They were a thistle, which is the national flower of Scotland. And we tied heather and ribbon. Nice. And so it, it just started becoming this thing, even though I had a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. I created the website. Um, it was just, it was a side hustle, but it sure. was a passion. Yeah. But I never had the time to really focus my efforts on making cookies. Sure, sure. So, okay, so now <clears throat> you're working in the hospitality industry. Things are going well. Not, you know, no, no major complaints. You've got the shortbread business on the side, earning some extra cash when you need it. And then April of 2020 happens, and everything shuts down. And you're furloughed, and uh, most people at that point would have taken a gigantic step back. But you didn't. You took a step forward, and you took your shortbread side business to a full-time gig. Um, and you found a resource in Pasco County called the Smart Start Program. Mm-hmm. H- how did you find them? So when so when COVID happened, um, our sales from the company I was at dropped eighty eight percent in three months. Holy so cow. from January to March, it dropped eighty eight percent. So um, when when my husband and I and my family moved from Orlando to Dade City. Uh, my husband was a teacher in Orlando, so he mm, quit mm. in December when we we went into contract with the house to renovate the home that we were in. So it was the original interiors of 1971. So we had a little bit of work to do. Um, <laughs> so from from 2019 still to 2020, he did not have a job with any income coming in, mm. and I was. I had the job. I had a decent job and we, I was able to support our whole family with that while the house was being renovated. Mm, mm. So, um, when I was told I was furloughed, 
um, without pay, I was like, well, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. I, we have no income. Um, how am I going to put food on the table type situation? Right. So I, I started going on social media saying, well, looks like I do not have a job anymore. So I'm going to start doing Linky Lassie's full time. Mm-hmm. And I already mm-hmm. had a little bit of a following and people knew about me and stuff. And sure. I think with them, I think they felt bad. I think they, people were bored. I think they, there was a lot of factors, Yeah. but people were ordering like crazy. Now I'm doing this out of my house mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the more I was doing it, I'm like, I don't think legally I should be doing this. Mm. So, um, there was a, um, there's a page on Facebook called Dade City Life. And so I would see his posts all the time. His name's Kevin Taggarty. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And so I messaged him and I said, hey, I see you post stuff all the time. You have 3,000 some followers. You mm-hmm. know, can you mm-hmm. kind of maybe post something about Lanky Lassies and whatnot? Yeah. And so we started chatting just in this like messenger. Yeah. And somehow and I started to look for kitchens at this time because I knew that was what I needed to do I needed to get my my wife didn't know I needed a food permit but that's what ends up happening Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to bake out of a commercial kitchen to sell wholesale Mm -hmm. and that's really where I was like I was okay doing out of my house because it was more cottage law which now you can ship with cottage law. You used to not be. What's that? So cottage law is where you bake out of your home and you sell. It used to be just person to person. So like farmer's markets or if you bake something, but once you ship legally, you're supposed to have a food permit with the department of agriculture. Okay. I didn't know any of this at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. But, um, anyway, so, but they just recently changed that. Um, I think December of last year, they made it where you can ship with cottage law, Mm. but in order to sell wholesale. So there was other businesses in town that I wanted them to sell my product. Sure. So, um, he said, well, you know, there's this new kitchen. It hasn't started yet, but I was about to do the ribbon cutting and with COVID, you know, everything was insane. So, um, he said, here's this guy's number. His name's Dan Mitchell. I think you should call him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I called Dan Mitchell. I go to the kitchen. It's two miles from my house. It's um, it's the Pasco EDC Smart Start. And basically, they have the commercial kitchen. And the Department of Agriculture comes. And they look at the kitchen. They go, okay, here's your food permit. This is what it costs. Now you can legally sell wholesale. Hmm. Um, they also have programs for entrepreneurs. They have that one is specific to, um, you know, food industry Sure. where they have a new one that opened last year in Wesley chapel that is more business driven, but they have classes and courses. They have the one in Wesley chapel has offices that you can rent by the month. They have a conference room. Yeah. So they have like six week programs and stuff like that. I, I didn't do those programs. I more used the, the kitchen for that. Sure. Sure. So with that, I was able to sell wholesale. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So then that answers the question about how they helped you. And and so I did see that you mentioned that that's how you got your commercial kitchen, the tax receipt and the manufacturing license was all through them. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so they, I just said, I said, Dan, just tell me what paper to sign and what yeah. I do. Because, you know, I'm a create. my mind is creative. And, yeah. um, you know, doing my taxes and all this just horrifies me because it's just not 
what I'm even used to. Right. So they gave me such good direction. And I know now I can just pick up the phone and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me here? Awesome. And then they help me. Yeah. So, so okay. So then things started taking off, right? And, and your husband joins the business full time now as well. Um, he did help me bake. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a full-time thing, but, <laughs> okay. Okay. um, okay. he did help me bake when, um, I needed help because I mean, there would be, I mean, some days were just nuts and we have this tiny, tiny little oven in our yeah. house. And right. so, but yes, he would help. I had, I went and bought this huge mixer, you know, this 20 quart Hobart mixer. And that yeah. was the first thing I got. Cause I said my little KitchenAid, which I thought was big. So my little KitchenAid is not going to cut it. So, um, but yes. And then he ended up um, starting at Pasco High School uh, as a mm. teacher in August of 2020. Okay. So, gotcha. Yes. Okay. So now, uh, and I think you may have touched on this a little bit, but how did people find your, your products? Were you running any paid advertising? Was it pretty much all social media, yeah. word of mouth? Type? Yeah. So I'm a pretty big social media hustler. Okay. Um, I also... I mean, my degrees in mass communications and advertising. Yeah. So, um, I had some friends that are in, um, you know, journalism. And so I wrote up my own little story and I read about this. I, I was going to ask you. I, I wrote up a story and, um, one of my friends, Carly Boyette, she was on ABC morning blend. Yeah. Um, I said, Carly, I wrote a story in case you need a little filler spot. <laughs> I love this. And here's a bag of shortbread, yeah. and I'm hanging it on the doorknob of your house. Yeah. I said, you can do what you want with it, but here's a quick little story. She's like, how about Thursday? You want to come on the show Thursday? Yeah. I said, yeah, I do. So I find the power of the news, um, social media, I mean posting things constantly. I create my own ads visually. I try to make them as, you know, popping as, pop, you know, they can be. So you do run ads occasionally then somewhere? Um, so or? at first it was just me doing it. Okay. And one of the things that I learned was years ago, I made a profile on Facebook for Lanky Lassies, yeah. not a page. Okay. So I didn't know the difference at all. So I had like 2000 friends on this Linky Lassie's profile. Right. And then I learned, no, really for your business to to be successful on social, it needs to be a page. A page. So I had to start completely from scratch. <laughs> right. I mean, I was like, you can't just take <laughs> this info and put it here. And they're like, yeah. no. Yeah. So um <laughs> So I had to do the page, but then I got in touch with, I use GoDaddy for my, my website and uh, then they okay. have a lot of different, you know, e-commerce and businesses that you can tie into it. So one of their businesses is called GoDaddy Social. And so GoDaddy Social, they were running a COVID special. So yeah, yeah. it was like half the cost type thing. And what they would do is either I could tell them what I want them to post or I, because I'm a control freak, I would create most of the advertisements, yeah. give it to them. And then with your monthly fee, they they post it and boost it and send it to the target audience that you're looking at. And it, it will say sponsored type thing. Sure, sure. So you can say something along the lines of, okay, we're going to run a special of XYZ for these days. Please run this type thing. Gotcha. So. I learned and that's about what you that. would put in your ads is the spe were you trying to get people did you have a store at this point no okay so, this so is just all, for purchasing the product this is all online okay. so really I started off all online yeah okay uh, shipping all over the place yeah um 
there was a lot to learn. I didn't yeah. know you could get free boxes from USPS if you ship sure. priority. priority. I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't know all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of growing pains. My website was like under construction for years because I had built it years ago and then I never had time to update it. <clears throat> and they had, GoDaddy had changed platforms. And so I had to rebuild the whole website. I had to get everything working and moving. I mean, there's days where I'm just sitting there like on the edge of just like, you yeah, know, sure. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And, sure. um, but because I had to feed those babies, yeah. there was no, there was no other option for me. Yeah. Failure wasn't even an option. Sure. So it's impossible to fail type right. thing. So, right. um, so yes, I would use social media to as extreme as I could. I learned what hashtags were. Yeah. Didn't even know the importance. Like, yeah. why are people doing these hashtags? They're yeah. so dumb. And then I'm like, they're not done. <laughs> right. They make you money <laughs> yeah. if you use them correctly. Um, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. have a group of 10 friends that I would say, I have them in a group text and I would say, I just posted something. Can you guys share? And the importance of that is, is, you know, Sally has 2000 friends. Katie mm-hmm, has 3000 mm-hmm. friends, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I just post and I'm just starting on mm-hmm. a brand new page with nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and let's say I have 500 viewers. Well, that just went to 25,000 viewers at a click sure, of a you sure, know, text. Sure. So, I mean, I just got as creative as I could gotcha. without really spending a lot of money. Right. Interesting. And so, and then that, that's how your product got known nationwide is that your friends have friends who live, have moved and they now live somewhere, another state. Mm-hmm. Now they have found out about it and their friends have found out about it and it just spreads. And with social media, it's so fast to do that. Yeah. And, um, like I said before, I think people were feeling bad for me or just wanted to see me, you know, succeed. Sure. sure so sure, it sure, turned sure. into this thing of, Oh, I'm going to give you this gift of shortbread. And then that person goes, Oh, this is really good. I want to send this to so-and-so. So So you can start seeing very quickly the snowballing, you know, situation. Right. Okay. So, okay. So now we'll fast forward a little bit and you've opened your first, your first physical location in Dade city about a year ago. Yeah. April will be one year. Okay. That is a huge step to take. Um, Now, I'm sort of starting to look around and go through that process now of of potentially taking that step. It's the scariest thing. I mean, was it was it? It Were you you nervous? I mean, are you still nervous now? I mean, did you, were you, were you, were you confident that you had a well enough established brand and that people liked the product enough that pretty sure I'm going to be able to keep the lights on? Or was it like, Hey, I think let's just try. Yeah. I mean, when I was going downtown, I mean, it was a ghost town with COVID. So many businesses went under and, um, there was a lot of buildings coming up for rent Um, I was, the determining factor was really after Christmas. So like I said, shortbread is primarily, you know, given or eaten during Christmas time. So I, um, one of my, um, one of the women I'm in chorus with, she used to live in Scotland and she had the shortbread and she called it, she was really, um, 
she's really one of the main reasons why I had confidence that I could do this. Okay. She said, Mary Catherine, that one pound bag is not enough. She said, I give Christmas presents every year. And she said, that one pound bag isn't enough. You're going to need to do something more. You're mm-hmm. going to need to do a 10. She said, and I mean, she just gave me all the confidence in the world. She said, I lived in Scotland yeah. and this is the real deal. She's like, yeah. this is incredible. So I started researching tins. Okay. So I ended up getting a tin and it's a little, it's, it's way more involved than you think. Like yeah. you have to find out, does your product fit in this thing where, sure. you know, they have all these little dividing cavities and this and that, and then, sure. oh, they have to ship it, but I don't have a loading dock and a lol truck and all this. Stuff. So there was a lot involved. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just want 10 cents to my house. Like, yeah. what is this going on? So yeah. Christmas was so big. I mean, there were so many sales that happened that Mm -hmm, I said, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is it. I'm going to do a store Mm. because I can't do this out of my house anymore. I I didn't like having to go back and forth to the commercial kitchen. I just, Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. just too much. I had my kitchen, my own house was filled to the brink with everything you could imagine. So I have flour flinging everywhere all the time. So um, I started looking around town and right next to the tea room, was a vacant spot and it was getting renovated and so i walk in and then i look at the um the number and i call the number Mm -hmm. i talk Mm -hmm. to um the owner of the building he had just Mm -hmm. bought it and he was flipping or renovating it Mm -hmm. and um apparently his parents knew my dad my dad pulled a calf back in the 70s and gave it cpr which was really funny okay Okay. it was very progressive then yeah yeah yeah. um unfortunately the cow did not make it but uh, that's what's so fun about small town usa is that all these little coincidences so i said um all right i'm just gonna do this and then i'm like well what do you do next like do i do the construction inside do you but you know i don't know what i'm doing right i say that a lot um and one of my friends who is an interior designer for the hotel world, she said, Hey, do you think maybe I could do the design for your shop pro bono so I can help my business get more into the commercial side of things? And I'm like, um, yes. I mean, sure. (laughs) You know, here's my ideas. Here's my concepts. You know, I want like a Hummer in there. I was like, I, you know, I came from the hotel world. So when you go to these really crazy wild hotels, you start getting all these ideas. Sure. Sure. So she you know, put it in. Oh, and then on another part of it, um, one of my friends I grew up with works for a, um, company that, um, sells equipment for commercial kitchens and he does the design of the kitchens. No way. So he's like, I'll come in. I mean, he's there with his laser yeah. uh, measure doing it, put it in CAD for me, like drew up this stuff. I mean, all Holy of it was cow. just such a sense of community it was really very special um all that to say like people want to help yeah and it's just important that it's all reciprocated over time sure sure, so she laid out the design um my my husband built the front counter um and then I just started buying equipment and doing all stuff that was horrifying because that is not cheap stuff right so um I started researching you know you know, loans. And I started researching credit cards with Mm -hmm. no interest and Mm -hmm. this and that. So, um, I was able to do it in my opinion, very effectively. I didn't go with a loan. Mm. I went with a credit card that had one year interest free. Okay. And then they had like these signing bonuses type things. If you spent X amount in three months, you got this much cash back and all. I started just 
trying to do it the most economical way. Sure. And it worked. I mean, I didn't, I, I did it and I did it well. And I was yeah. like, I can't believe this is happening. And, you know, right buying ovens and, you know, counter refrigerators and counter freezers yeah. and all this stuff. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a little bit about restaurants having with the ventilation and all of that that has to happen. So I know it's not cheap. I had a, a some some a family a family friend who has now passed away, but he owned a restaurant. And I remember him telling me all the stuff he had to do mm. to get the kitchen ready to go. Oh, just just the inspected. kitchen by itself. Yeah. yeah so I, I know, and I did want to talk about funding. You did just sort of mention it, and so you're just self funded. You didn't mm. you didn't seek out. Uh, like venture capital or anything like that. I mean, no. you're just, you got credit cards, you, you did it and, and you, that's just how you did it. And then when I started making the revenue, I would, I mean, I had a year to pay that. So um, I would just, as soon as I would make the money, I would put it in. So it wouldn't be this giant bill at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, that, no do you have potential investor people who want to invest money in you now is that has it gotten um, quite to that point yet where people are knocking on your door wanting they're to not give you? and i don't think okay. i want to do that okay you want you want the control you don't want somebody else to have a, a sort of a say and how things potentially have to go yeah, i and, think you can grow too quickly and then when you get too many fingers in the pot it yeah. just I, I just i think i'm doing it in a I wouldn't necessarily say it's a slow thing that I've done yeah because it's it's gone pretty quickly um this last well two years now um I just don't feel like I want to grow faster than I'm comfortable with yeah um I I, I listen to um how it's built and I listen to um Stacey Brown's story who's the owner of Chicken Salad Chick and long story short, I actually was able to get in contact with her and she really gave me a lot of great advice. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that I really want to keep this special and like a very small niche. Gotcha. I don't want it to be commercialized. Um, okay. So, okay. So, yeah. so, so I, I visited your shop, <laughs> love it. And, um, that day I met you at the, the dog park just a couple mm-hmm. days ago to ask or dog days, uh, whatever that the name of that was mm-hmm. there. And, um, I went into your shop first and there was somebody working there. So mm-hmm. obviously you have an employee, at least one. So mm-hmm. when, and that's a big step, oh, uh, you know, getting thing. payroll set up is, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, payroll is a job for people in oh, big companies, you know? Is. So when did you make the decision to sort of relinquish some of the responsibility and mm-hmm. bring somebody else in at least one person anyway, you might yeah. have others, but at least to help you out. So over the summer, my, it was just another serendipitous thing. Yeah. Um, my niece was out in, uh, she goes to college in Reno and, um, she just had a, a breakup with her long-term boyfriend. And she said, she said, Aunt Mary Catherine, do you think maybe I could just come and stay at your house for the summer and I can help you with the shop? And I go, uh, yeah. <laughs> I said, you can watch my kids. And I, you yeah. know, I'm like, yes, my own live-in au pair and then assistant at the shop. So, right, right, right. Um, she, she came and I didn't even realize how much help I needed until she was there. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was running myself completely ragged. And the summer really is slower because it rains every day and it's really hot. So you don't have as much foot traffic. Sure. sure. So, but we still were very busy regardless because we ship nationwide. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I had her come in and she helped me out. And then when she was time for her to leave, I said, okay, 
I'm going to have to hire someone. Yeah. So then you go, who do you hire? What do you do? How do I do this payroll and this and that and whatever? So, um, I post a little post, which is also very good advertising, by the way, when people know that you're growing, even though some people just think it's a post you're advertising. Sure. Anytime your logo is anywhere, you're advertising. So, um, I put a post up saying, does anyone know anyone interested in maybe being my assistant? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, a woman mm -hmm. who came in frequently said, Oh, my daughter, my daughter would be great for it. Nice. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think, I think it was first the assistant and then my babysitter. She's one and the same at this point. Gotcha, <laughs> so, gotcha. um, so she started working. So I use a square for my point of sale sure. and they have a whole payroll system. And, right. um, I, you know, I talk to people in town who have these services and I say, mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. worth it? And they're like, yes. Gotcha. So she clocks in on the point of sale and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I get a little text. It's like time to do your payroll and it's just click, click, click. I mean, they really do it where it's beneficial to a small business owner who's wearing a dozen hats. Yeah. You know, at first I go, Oh, it's $30 a month or $40 a month to do this and that. And then I'm (laughs) going, but what am I going to do? Sit there and it is worth that. Right. So that then they, I mean, they do all the W2s and all that stuff that mm-hmm. makes my brain explode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it really is very beneficial. These, you know, organizations like yeah. Square that can yep. help small businesses succeed. Right on, right on. Yeah, I, I use paychecks. I mean, I'm a, I pay myself a paycheck, so mm-hmm. I, I'm familiar. And uh, well, she was working also at Dunkin' Donuts part time. Uh, so we're trying to balance this. So a couple weeks ago, she is now full time at no, the shop. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So is that, is that your first full time employee? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So did you have? And I think you may have touched on this a little bit. Did you have a men? Did you find a mentor or someone? So maybe when you found the start smart program, you had someone you could call, but up to that point, were you just winging it? I mean, mm-hmm. did you have someone to show you? you just- I asked a lot of questions to a lot of people who have grown their businesses. Yeah, I, sure. I find the best way to learn is to talk to people who have already yep. made a lot of mistakes and yes. try to figure it out the hard way. And not mm-hmm. to say that I haven't made a ton of mistakes or had to learn it the hard way. Right. I just find it's better to ask people. I mean, people really like to talk about themselves anyway. Yeah. So, um, I found it was very refreshing to do that. So I, I don't have one mentor, but I have several who at any point I can just pick up the phone, ask a question and get, yeah. get help that I need. Where'd you, so did you find them? Is that all through the start smart program or where, how'd you um, find those folks? So did you just, so no, well, so with the smart start program, Daniel Mitchell, who runs that is a plethora of knowledge so i would say he's like my number one go-to sure um because he just knows things and they do so many different events that we do a lot of work together and we we you know i'll share their stuff on social he'll share mine and you know we really work as a team together Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. my friend vicky the one that lived in scotland i mean she was like you you need to do this type thing yeah i think her confidence really helped me a lot. Okay. Um, with that, um, I, even though, you know, 
you know, Stacy Brown is, you know, I, I can call her if I need listening to her story. I had one of my friends in chorus said, I just listened to this on uh, NPR. She said, I really think you should listen to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I listened to her story and I just said, all right. I said, if she can do this, you know, like, why can't I type thing? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the mentor side, it really is just a group of people and yeah, friends that I can sure. reach out to. Right on. So what does, Mary Catherine, what does a typical day for you look like? So do you have any set routines? Are, are you a exercise, yoga, meditation person? Do you, is, is the first 30 minutes of your day is answering emails and then you this or that, do you have a regimented schedule or is it kind of haphazard? Um, it's mildly regimented. So I mean, you know, wake up, I have a four and a half year old and a seven year old. So Monday through Friday, it's getting up. My husband has to leave at like six 45 in the morning to teach at Mm -hmm. Pasco high school. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting up, getting the kids to school. Um, they're at two different locations right now. Um, and then usually I, um, park and I walk St. Leo. So I walk in the mornings. There's some nice Hills. Okay. So I'll walk there before it got cold. I was swimming at Lake Javita in the pool, but then mm. they don't have a heater. So I had to stop. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm waiting for St. Leo's new wellness center to open so I can swim in their pool, but I will get back into swimming. Cause that physically, I mean, I'm, with all my injuries that I have, it helps me out immensely. Sure. Um, but because I stand all day long in the shop, I really need to get that exercise done and the swimming actually makes my back not hurt. So, um, do that. And then, I mean, I'm rushing home, showering, get to the shop. Usually, um, Mondays is usually my supply run day. We didn't used to be open on Mondays. Mm. Um, a lot of businesses in downtown aren't. Okay. But I noticed that. I noticed that. But my, my assistant was saying, you know, I can come in Mondays and start, um, making the dough for the week type thing. And I said, Mm. well, if you're there, Let's just be open and see what type of revenue we can bring in. Sure. And it ended up being because hardly anyone else is open and there are people out that yeah. it is actually a pretty busy day. So okay. Okay. Um, we're now open on Mondays, but I still go and do the runs at Restaurant Depot, even though I really need to start getting delivery. Um, we just don't have a lot of space. We have 500 square feet in my shop, so I don't have a lot of storage space. Sure. Um, but a typical day would be coming in, um, and just start baking. Um, okay. I've really started putting a lot of the laborious side of things on my assistant. Cause I am over making shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. I mean, yeah. I don't have a passion for like making the shortbread and sure. stuff. I really sure. am a salesperson. I love sure. selling it, marketing it. That is my yeah. thing. And I feel like I've earned my strength. Well, I mean, the role of a CEO <laughs> is to find what you're good at. Yeah. You do that and you find other people yeah. to do everything I've else. I've done all this stuff. I've, you know, <laughs> yeah. been the janitor and right. I've been, you know, all of that. So, right. um, but she doesn't work on Wednesdays. So that is, that is my day where I do it all, but she will make enough dough for me and, you know, she'll supply me nicely. Um, but we have, we do a lot of, um, orders for, uh, corporate. So we have something called smidgen lassies, which are a three ounce, um, cookie that's individually cut, individually wrapped, labeled and all this stuff. So we do a lot of these for, businesses we do them for realtors that are giving gifts we do them Mm -hmm. for fundraisers swag bags weddings you name it yeah so 
that's part of part of it. We have our whole online world where we're shipping every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. all over mm-hmm. the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the foot traffic sure. and sure. creating unique flavors. Um, so we jam out to a lot of music in there. Yeah, um, right on. It's, I really like it to be a very fun experience, even though it's very small and people aren't in there for a long time. Um, I, I like having that unique, special experience where people will say, oh, you know, I want to get fairy dusted. You know, we have fairy dust. Little girls get, it's not all little girls. I've <laughs> fairy dusted all, sure, all people, sure, all sure, ages. Sure, sure. Um, but we just like to keep it light and fun when we can. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And we do a lot of festivals, especially now when the weather's nice. So it's like almost every single weekend is mm. a festival on top of running the shop and shipping nationwide. More advertising. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, one of the, one of the most important things for me when I started doing the festivals was I looked at one of the most popular vendors that was at the Pioneer Museum in Dade City. And I mean, his setup, he had his tent was all professionally printed and he had I, whatever his product was. I'm sure it was great, but visually his tent was clutch. So I started looking at these tents and I said, mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. I want to be the best looking tent they're going to see. Yeah. And so I invested, I mean, it was like $1,500, but sure. had it all custom designed, um, used my hospitality, um, you know, people that I've known forever. So this woman that used to help me design area rugs, you know, for Disney, um, also knows how to get into my brain and, you know, take my crazy ideas and put them on a canvas. So we were able to make a really cool mural on the tent and, um, that and I can't even tell you how many people are like I don't even know what this is but I just came here because it's like pink and there's stuff all over the place yeah so. yeah mm-hmm. okay well, that's awesome so um so some of the stuff we've talked about then um there's and I'm understanding it myself there's a completely different level of stress that you deal with when you're a business owner mm-hmm. um unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life so do you have any how do you deal with it? Like the, 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 I mean, and you've mentioned before the the thoughts of self doubt, like, Oh my God, can I do this? Mm. Um, how do, what do you, what's your trick for dealing with that stuff? Well, um, what I have found is people talk themselves out of stuff all the time Yeah, and they're quick to say, Oh, you're so lucky. How did you get so lucky? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it has nothing to do about luck. It has to do with looking at yourself in the mirror. I mean, when this first started happening, I remember I pulled my rear view mirror mirror down. I was at a stoplight and I was like, you are doing this. Love I said, it. there's all these people that probably want you to fail, Yeah. but you are going to do this yeah. and you are not going to fail because it's not an option right now. Right. So it's mental. It is so much mental. So, you know, just acting on something, even though it might seem crazy and people might think you're nuts, mm-hmm. who cares? They're the ones that don't do anything. Right. You know? Right. So if you just have the idea, you have the tenacity and the desire to do it, you just you have, you have to do it. Yeah. You have to make it work. If something isn't working right in the beginning, scratch it off, move on to the next thing, figure out how to make it work. Right. Um, as far as stress goes, I mean, life is stressful in general. Running a business is stressful. Having small children, being married, the whole part of life is very stressful. Um, I do like to, when, when it's, 
we're not working, I do like to let loose, have some drinks, you know, go listen to live music, mm-hmm. be with great people. Um, I just found, and Dade City is so unique and special because it is this small sense of community, but people genuinely want to help you. And if they see that you're struggling or you're stressed or whatever, they want to help. So I found recently, and I've, I've tried so hard not to be like, I need help, but sometimes they can just see it and they'll just say, well, let me come in and help you. I mean, I have people, friends that will go, what do you need today? You want me to come in? I'll help you label. I'll help you bag and heat seal. And I'll go, yeah, I actually have like this 300 something order of smidgens. And so I've just found that, but you have to reciprocate that. So, um, I've just found that just being a good person, And helping others that help you, you'll start seeing that things will start happening and help you alleviate some of the stress. I do want to get more into yoga. It's just finding the time. Um, There is a new little yoga studio in town that Mm. um, she does like one-on-ones, but I really think we could use like a studio for multiple people in town. Cause that helps immensely with sure. stress levels, but yeah. it is stressful. Yes, it is. Now, so you, you just touched on luck and it's, it's, it's interesting. It leads perfect to my next question here is it's, it, there's an, there's a conversation that I find interesting when I listen to, to certain podcasts like this one. And mm-hmm. there's someone on, I forget the exact episode for the, how I built this, but there was a, a man and he, he said that he attributed as much as 90% of the success of his business to luck and 10% to hard work. And I just thought, you know, I, I, I understand that luck, luck plays a part. You have to get lucky, but at the same time, if you don't take the effort, if you don't put in, if you don't put yourself in position to have the luck bestowed upon you in the first place. So I'm just curious, how much of your success do you attribute to luck and how much do you attribute to just old fashioned hard work? So there's a really great saying, it's the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. And I am not, I mean, luck is winning the lottery. Yeah. Luck is not working yourself to, I mean, pure exhaustion sure. and hustling night and day. So yeah. I don't agree with that, but I don't know what he did. Yeah, right, right. Um, I just think that understanding every single part of your business cleaning the toilets, you know, making all the dough, making all the, your shortbread and being there till nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, not being able to go here and there because you're trying to work. That's important so that you have an understanding of your business altogether. Mm -hmm. And then when you do hire people, you can say, this is exactly what I need you to do. And this is why, oh, because I've done it. And so I think it helps you give, you know, gives you that understanding, but you have got to hustle. If you want, if you want something to happen, there aren't people doing it for you. Right. I didn't have just right. news people knocking on my door. I literally wrote the story for them and said, Hey, will yeah. you do this? I mean, yeah. there's no one that's going to want this more than yourself when you're a business owner. Right. So are some things lucky that, you know, I was on the radio because I, you know, I listened to the MJ morning show and you know, I, I, 
saw that he was really, you know, talking to a lot of the people and saying, hey, write in, write in. So I wrote in and I said, yeah, I used to love listening to you. And, you know, my mind is always going like, how can I get on like mass media here? (laughs) So he said, yeah, send me some shortbread. He opened it on the air. He did like a three and a half minute plug of my business. I've seen the video. And um, and I made that video. I literally pulled over the side of the road and started recording it on the air. Made the video, posted the video. People aren't doing it for you. Like, right. I think a lot of people want to think that stuff is just handed to people or set in their right. lap. And right. I have not come to that conclusion. Yeah. You have got to hustle. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, and, and so for many people, they have this fear. I mean, number one, that they're just not, not going to get lucky, I guess. But they also have this fear of failure. That It's the social stigma, I guess, of, hey, I'm going to try something and I'm going to fail. So I'm just not going to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I know there's a lot of people out there who might be listening to this and could use some words of advice. Like, so what if you were talking to an aspiring entrepreneur, somebody who was like you were before, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to that person? Um, I mean, I would say that if you really want something bad enough, you're going to do everything you can to make it happen. Yeah. Um, there is a, there's a quote that I have written down. That's one of my faves and it's by, um, Earhart. Just give me one second. Yes. Amelia. And the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. Love that. So I just find that. Most people, I I don't want to say most people, but so many people are afraid to go out on a limb and do something that's unique and different. Yes. And, um, I mean, some of the most amazing entrepreneurs in the world have done stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So another thing I learned in the Marine Corps is, I mean, it is mental, mental, mental. I mean, was Marine Corps physical, boot camp physically exhausting and crazy? Yes. But it was probably 80, 80% mental mm. of telling yourself that you couldn't do something. Mm. I cannot climb that rope. There's no way I can climb that rope. Mm-hmm. And then you have a drill instructor going, oh, you're going to climb that rope. <laughs> Next thing you but know, I, you're up the rope. <laughs> but this recruit can't. Yeah. Oh, you climb that rope. Yeah. You will do those push-ups, whatever it is, because... It is something that you have to, if you're not comfortable mentally, you have got to get in some other mindset, mm-hmm. you know, channel your Sasha Fierce or whatever it is that you have in you mm-hmm. to fake it until you make it Yeah. to, um, not talk yourself out of it. Yeah. It's looking in the mirror and saying, you're going to do it right? because there's no other option. Right. So I, I've listened to so many other people who are successful say stuff like that even like really famous people Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. just going yeah right like they had to do something something else but really I genuinely think if there's something that you want to do bad enough yeah you're going to make it happen something that I think is also really important is if you have something a product that other people have and there's a million of these things you're going to somehow have to differentiate yourself and make it unique and different so is there other shortbread in the world yes i'm there is are there shortbread shops only probably not i mean i've had so many people call and go you only sell shortbread that is correct yeah i am not a baker i do know how to make shortbread but yeah i made this little niche and I wanted to make it crazy and different 
and yeah. that's what I know. Yep. I don't think you should go outside your comfort level. If you know that you can do something, you can do it really well. Mm-hmm. You really need to hone in and focus on doing that really well. Yeah. If there's other things that can complement it, fine, but don't make it harder on yourself. You really need to sit down and have a talk with yourself and say, what is it that I can do that is bringing something unique and different to someone else? What problem am I solving? You know, like whatever you're selling, like what am I doing Mm -hmm. that will make Mm -hmm. a difference? Yeah. So I just think it's having a talk with yourself, looking in the mirror and getting real serious and tough because anyone can say, I can't do that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Totally. All right, so we'll start winding down here. I have this little last little segment that I, I call my three quick question round. Okay. It, it's just what I call it. Uh, so, so three quick questions. What does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur? Um, what does it mean to me? Well, it's it's been a sense of, um, it's been fun that I don't have to rely on a boss. It does. I don't have to worry about. Oh gosh, I'm I'm not gonna come in today. Are they gonna be mad at me, or or I might have these great ideas that are like shot down all the time. So, I think being an entrepreneur, the freedom of just being able to do whatever the heck you want, and if it doesn't work out, it's all on you. Like right. you can't blame anyone else. So it's been very fun experience for me to really hone in and and sell a product or have a business that really is truly this brand I've been building my whole life. Yeah. So it's been really exciting to go, Oh, well that, that experience was this stepping stone and that experience is this stepping stone. And then you start getting excited about, Oh my gosh, I can really make something with all these years of life and experience. So I don't know if I'm truly answering the question great for you, but I think being an entrepreneur is fun and exciting and like the sky's the limit and you can really just do whatever you want to do. And if it, if it makes it yay, if it doesn't do something else in a different direction and maybe you'll find something else that you didn't think that you wanted to do. And that's the joy of being an entrepreneur. Love it. Okay. So what does it mean to you to be successful? Um, it means a lot to me because I think there's so many people that want to see you fail as negative as that sounds. So I've always been pretty driven my whole life. I don't know if it has to do with being the baby of five children and, you know, look at me, here I am. I don't know if that's what it is, but I'm very hard on myself when it comes to, to that. Um, if I fail, I take it very, very difficult. Like I take it very hard. And so, um, being, I don't want to say number one and sound very cocky, but hey, I just yeah. think, you know, with, with being in sports for so long, like winning was everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know truly how to answer that question, I guess. That's okay. So um, no worries at all. So, yeah. all right. So then are there it's any... It's very important. <laughs> yes. Understood. Understood. So are there any good books you've read lately or any good books you would recommend to, to somebody else? Um, they don't have to be business related. Just, just any well, good I'm books. Well, I'm obsessed with Outlander, which has nothing to do with... Okay. <laughs> Outlander. Okay. Business. All right. And, and actually, I've really... And what I like about Outlander, which you said has nothing to do with business. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it is historically accurate about my family's heritage in Scotland. Okay. So I have learned a tremendous amount of my Scottish roots from these stories and about... Oh, no uh, way. Yeah, because it's about like the end of the Highland culture in the 1740s and how... You know, the English and the Scots had a war, had mm-hmm. a battle, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, England took over, and the Scottish heritage was almost lost completely. I mean, if you wore mm. your family tartan, you know, you could be hung, mm. and you couldn't speak in Gaelic. And so all these things that are from my background, from my family, mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything about. My grandfather and his family moved I think in the early 1900s from Scotland, and this is his mother's shortbread recipe. And I don't really ever remember him talking about Scotland. And now that my business is, you know, driven on this Scottish product and I sell, I sell that story. Sure. It has helped me have this understanding of the Scottish people. And I mean, how hard they have had to live. I mean, just like so many other um, you know, groups. So it's just, it's a great series of books. Um, there's also a show. It can get a little steamy, (laughs) but, um, I really like the Allender books. They're awesome. As far as business, um, I don't. What about podcast? We can we can go with podcast. Well, the house built really. I okay. love yeah, a lot. Yeah. I, I listen love, to every single one of them. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I I, I really love hearing where people started, how they started, yeah. how scrappy they had to get, yeah. how creative they had to get. Yeah. Um, I would say that's probably my my favorite. Right is, on. Is that okay? So. Okay, so uh, I mean, I'm, I don't have any questions left. So, are there any topics that we didn't cover? Um, anything you want to expand are, on? There are some other like effective ways of advertising that I've found have been very bit beneficial for me with an advertising background. Um, like, for instance, I have like stickers. Okay. So this is one of um, this is our female veteran-owned sticker. This okay. is my regular logo. Yeah. This is the hot pink Jeep I have in my shop. Yep. So yep. I found that um, it's important to have your logo everywhere. Yeah. So most businesses sell stickers of their business. I give away a waterproof, UV-proof sticker with every single purchase or a postcard. Mm. Um, I found that when my daughter said mommy so-and-so had your sticker on their water bottle at school i'm like yeah yeah nice yeah Yeah. so it's working so you know that might have cost me 35 cents for the sticker Mm -hmm. times you know however many thousands and i give them away when i ship and everything like that yeah um i do the same with um certain t-shirts and um when i ship my my packages I have a stamp I stamp my logo on every single box that goes out um I have this packaging tape that has my logo all over it and I've had friends in the other side of the state who are mail carriers say I just saw your package go through the mail like you wouldn't know what that was it was just a brown box yeah um my best friend's mom was in, they just bought a house in Tarpon Springs and she was wearing one of my shop shirts and this lady walked by and she goes, oh my gosh, that's my favorite little shop in Dade City. <laughs> so, and my, be- my best friend's mom's like, really? Yeah. So, you know, I don't think people think that way. I think they think, oh, this is going to cost me money. Right. But, right, right. you know, I give a 10% discount in the shop if you wear my shirt in the shop. 
because they're also oh, wearing genius. it yeah. outside yeah, that's all genius. day. Yeah. And I have children's shirts and um, I'm very big in community and sponsoring. I mean, if there's anything that I can do and sponsor where my logo, my billboard is somewhere, I'm yeah. on it. I mean, yeah. we're at the Pasco baseball fields now. Um, you know, I have billboards at my daughter's school. I would sponsored mm. her, um, big fundraising ball they have every year. Mm. Um, the Miss Pasco pageant anywhere and everywhere yeah. yeah it might be two hundred dollars sure but they're sitting there talking throughout the thing going thank you to our sponsors yeah right and you can't you can't get that any other way so sure. i think it's really important for people and i know i went to school for advertising but it truly makes a huge difference yeah if you are as many places as if your logo is many places if you can go online and find some of these companies like Bonfire that can create, you know, your own logo wear that just ships to people's houses and stuff like that, where you don't have to have an inventory. There's so many creative Is that where ways. you get your stuff? Created? Yeah. So with Bonfire, um, it's, it is put into my, it's embedded in my website. So you click okay. on it, it says merchandise. Yeah. You can pick whatever tank top, hoodie, shirt, color, whatever. Right. Have it mailed right to your house. Gotcha. So there's no investment for me whatsoever. Yeah, sure. And, sure. um, I just think, you know, we have, um, and I'm very huge speaking of, you know, the community in being a part of these festivals. So Dade city is Monarch city, USA that the garden club mm. made Dade mm. city. So all the appropriate plants are planted. And now we're deemed Monarch city, USA. We have a big Monarch butterfly festival. I was a sponsor but the whole time, Kevin Taggarty with Date City Life, mm-hmm. he's on the microphone saying, don't forget your sponsors. Don't forget your sponsors. Yeah. And we were slammed the whole time. Wow. So I don't, I think people really need to be cognizant of the importance and the power of advertising sure. and how much it can help you. Yeah. But you can do it in a unique, affordable way. Sure. Yeah. So okay. I think it's, it's very important to be as many places as you can be and utilize the free stuff as much as you can utilize the news, utilize social media. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something I was talking with Greg Goody at Kumquat Growers is, you know, I came up there and I said, Greg, you don't have a very strong social media presence. He's like, I know, I know because he didn't understand it, Right. which is daunting. It can be hard. I said, all right, sure, let's sit down sure. and let's, let's figure this out and let's just teach you some basic skills so you can easily, because I mean, they do so much and, you know, they're kumquat city USA. I mean, it's who else can say they're the largest, you know, grower of kumquats. Yeah. So I think if you find your niche and how you're special, you just need to really hone in on how to tell everyone that. Gotcha. Gotcha. um, I I did skip over one question here. mm -hmm. What does the future hold for Lanky Lassies? Do you have any plans right now to open a second store or I think I read you were thinking about putting a speakeasy upstairs. Is that still in the plans? Well, or? so that building I don't own, okay. um, but I, I do like the old Kiefer drug building, but it's very <laughs> expensive right now. So, sure, um, sure. but, um, so it's funny you asked that one of my coworkers that I used to work with at Envision, she recently just lost her job. She'd been there for 16 years mm. and she's up in Griffin, Georgia. So she said, um, I think I want to do what you did with Lanky Lassies. And I said, okay, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like shortbread? <laughs> and, yeah. So what we did is she is starting off 
exactly like I did. She, we made my logo, but put Griffin George on it. We got her stickers. We got her shirt set up. We did all that. She's starting to do festivals. She is making it right now. Cottage law out of her home. Yeah. Um, she is, she buys all the labels, all the packaging type stuff. And I said, once you get up on your feet, then we'll start talking about royalties type thing. So essentially, um, she'll be doing everything and then pay me Look at you a franchising. Percentage. Yeah. So pay me a percentage type thing. Yeah. Um, so she's hustling up there. Um, really my idea and my thought is, is I would really like to open other locations that are in a historic area okay in a historic building okay and keep each shop very unique and special and um you know romantic that's the word that Stacy Brown sure. used when I talked to her cuz yeah. she talked about franchise versus like having m- multiple locations okay and um she said you know if you have a true franchise if you want to add a flavor or do something like that she's like that could be a 6 month process uh, once you start franchising okay okay and um so i i really like the small cutesy niche I think it'd be fun to have locations where the weather's great at different times of the year. So maybe have maybe a pop-up in Blue Ridge for the summer or something like that. I really want to keep it. I don't want it to be crazy big because I don't want it to lose its value and how special it is. I, a couple months, well, this was last year, maybe a year and a half ago, (laughs) one of my hotel clients who I just, finished building with them the um, True by Hilton in downtown St. Pete. That was my last project before I lost my job. Um, she she called me one day and I was like, eh, I don't have a job anymore. She's like, what are you doing? And I told her. So she ordered shortbread. And she goes, well, we're friends with the Alessis, um, the Alessi family. I'm like, okay, what? who are they? She's like, yeah. well, they make like almost all of Publix's baked goods. I said, oh, okay. Well, that sounds cool. So I went to their plant. I Saw them. I toured the facility. I mean, this is a massive facility, and they have all these machines and laser cutters and this and that. Right. And um, I just remember him saying that no one's going to pay $16 a pound for shortbread. I was like, okay. Yeah. I know. And, and he was more speaking in a grocery store, which I get. He's like, no one even sells a pound of shortbread. Everything's like in a five ounce or an eight ounce. It's all the same price. They just sell a smaller package of it. Mm, and mm. what I was thinking, I was like, well, do I really want this on every public shelf? I mean, I know that sounds silly to say, but I just think it loses its unique specialness of sure. of being made in small batches. And so it was... That was also a big stepping stone for me was when someone tells me you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> and I think I'm going to continue because it's working. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just um, I think keeping it small and niche and I really want to keep it in the community. Gotcha. So I think being, you know, like this big brand is not for me. Not what you want. No. Gotcha. I, I would like people to be like, have you had this great, it's just a small little business and this is just what they do. And, you know, yeah. that, that creates. So there's no, no IPO that you're looking forward to down the road somewhere going public, 
trading stocks and uh, doing all this stuff that and makes me ringing the up. bell yeah no, no not, that's for you. not for me i got you i, mean, I got you my brother sits and watches the stocks like all day long I'm like that will give you a heart attack like <laughs> you know i'm i'm thinking i just want to have something that is unique and special that i can ultimately hire managers to run and i can yeah. do the fun stuff i can do yeah. the marketing and the the advertising and yep. that's what i have fun doing yeah so I just think it, just like Stacy said, keeping it romantic is really yeah. what I really want to keep it at. Understood. So, but yeah, the up in Griffin, she's she's hustling it. So uh, okay, well, I I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think there's a lot of really interesting and really good information in here for people listening at home. So, uh, how can people find you? What, uh, obviously, we've mentioned your website and your address, but plug it again. Uh, any social media stuff? How can you, different events you have planned? How can people find you? And how can people buy your shortbread? Mm -hmm. So our website is llshortbread.com, mm -hmm. LinkyLassieShortbread.com. Mm -hmm. um, our storefront is in downtown Dade City on mm -hmm. Meridian and 7th. It's okay. 37845 Meridian Avenue. Mm -hmm. We're right next to Angel's Tea Room. Um, I'm very big into our uh, downtown Dade City Merchants Association. So I also handle their social media as well. Okay. So, oh, um, wow. so I try to really collaborate with everyone in our community so we all are helping and sharing each other's businesses and ultimately bringing people into our downtown um our store number is 352-424-8937 okay. 352-424-8937 um i'm at the shop most of the time sometimes i'm buying supplies and who knows where dragging the kids around yeah um festivals and all that will be on our website so okay. that's at ll shortbread okay. at sign we're okay. on instagram and facebook i think i have a twitter account i mean there's only so many th oh i have tiktok too there's only so many things you can really yeah, handle yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's so for we're sure. on all these things you know you can message us on messenger on facebook or instagram um, give us a call if you have something unique and special you want to do. I'm doing a wedding here coming up and, um, we use a lot of chocolate molds where you can decorate the shortbreads and make it very unique and special. Okay. Um, corporate gifts, uh, a lot of businesses, you know, they'll have their logo on the front of it. Mm. My sticker and information will be on the back. Gotcha. And, um, Realtors really like it because they're when they give their gift baskets, they're giving local products. So yeah. um, people tend to really like that with gotcha. our small town. And awesome. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, Mary Catherine, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, and everyone else, thank you too for tuning in. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, I ask that you just share it around. The best way for folks, for new folks to find the show um, is for our current listeners to talk about it and share it around. So uh, give us a like, give us a comment, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.